Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Welcome back to the second episode of our conversation on abundance. I'm your host, Shannon Russell, and joining us with this conversation is Vanessa, Martha Levi, and Angela Silva. Thank you again for coming back and and talking with us a little bit more on the culture of abundance. I wanted to talk a little bit about what abundance exactly is. And do any of you have anything you want to say about that? Well, something that I really like is Epicurus said that not what we have, but what we enjoy constitutes abundance. And I really love that because it takes it out of the material realm. We're not talking about an abundance of money or an abundance of possessions or properties. We're talking about the things that make our life fulfilling and joyful and and purposeful and light have bring light to us and so you know what what do you enjoy and how can you find that enjoyment no matter what is going on in your life around you right sometimes typically abundance might be associated with economy or wealth but in this conversation today it's, it, that's not what we're talking about as as martha stated abundance equals power but we're not talking about power in a worldly term we're po- talking about the power that comes within and that comes from our belief in God or our creator and his love and how that applies to us and how we can magnify that with his help within our lives. And so in our first episode, we talked a little bit about some of the challenges that we may encounter at this time of year and feeling like we have abundance in our lives. And just to kind of recap, Martha, about what you said, just so that we can remember that. The quote is not what we have, but what we enjoy constitutes our abundance. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about maybe some solutions or some empowering ideas that you may have to help women around the world, maybe cultivate this power of abundance more in their life. For me, one of them is gratitude. A lot of people focus on what they're grateful for and try to increase that and give to others because they are feeling so grateful. But sometimes after this season, we kind of go back to maybe not focusing as much on what we should be grateful for. But the idea of what we put in is what we give out. And if we're putting in all the problems, that's all we're focused on is all the problems that we have. That's what we're going to put out. And we're going to feel a constant sense of frustration. And those around us are going to feel that from us as well. But as we focus on the things that we're grateful for, and I don't mean things, that was a maybe not the best choice of words. When, I, when we focus on the things that we possess on the inside in our soul and how to be grateful for those, then we can magnify and put that better out into our families, into our communities, to our friends. Remember that we we can become a powerful force to help them find more abundance in their life. Vanessa. Just thinking as you're talking, I feel like maybe one of the, one of the opposites of abundance is 
envy and fear of missing out and jealousy of what other people have. And in a digital world with social media, I feel like it's especially easy for us as women to see what other people have and then just feel a deep sense of jealousy and just be like, why can't I have that? Why don't I have that? But our circumstances are just different, right? We don't have control over everything in our lives. Maybe we'd all like to be wealthy and have all these things and travel and do amazing projects and stuff, but that may not be something we can do right now. So I feel like if we can find a way to focus on what we can do and what we can control in our life right now, then that's where we can find that joy and that enjoyment that Martha was talking about, right? So for me, last year during the holidays, I decided to stop using social media because I was feeling a lot of jealousy and contention in my life because of that. And so I cut it out for a year. And for me, that was one solution that fit really well with my needs so that I wasn't constantly bombarding myself with jealousy for things that other people had, but choosing to focus instead on my own family and the people around me and what I do have in my life right now. And then try and make some meaningful experiences with that. And I remember when I first stopped being on social media so much, I felt lonely. I felt lonely. And that made me think, oh my gosh, I have not been purposefully connecting with the women in my sphere enough that when I don't have that digital feed, I feel alone. And so it was a really good experience for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna have to reach out and call someone and tell them I want to go to lunch with them or sit down and do a craft with my six-year-old who loves crafts, even though I hate crafting. You know, find meaningful things to do with the people I've got right here. That is what is going to help me feel abundance in what God has blessed me with and give me that sense of gratitude and joy in what he's given me. I love that, Vanessa, because, um, sorry to interrupt, but I love that because there's been a studies done over the last few years about why people get addicted to whatever it may be, uh, alcohol, drugs, pornography, you know, all gambling. And they found that the main reason is a lack of connection. They feel an emptiness. There's no strong, meaningful connections in their life through relationship. And so they reach out for something that will fill that void. And so what you're talking about there was was an addiction to this instant miniature connection. Like, but it was, but what you found when you left the social media connection was that it was hollow and And you found a much deeper connection when you actually focused on relationships and building those relationships. And I love that because not all of us are, you know, going to go out and start smoking pot or whatever it is, but, but we have that emptiness and, and we may turn to things that are not giving us an abundance in our life. They're, they're, they're creating scarcity and, and it's really, it's connection, it's relationships where the true connection and that feeling of abundance in your life comes from. My son, I took his phone away for about six weeks. He was kind of getting to a point where I just felt like it was kind of all consuming. I've had to do that. I've also had to take the phone away from myself sometimes. And for the first week or two, he really struggled. I mean, because, you know, he listens to his music and he also listens to podcasts and he listens to you know, it's his way of texting his friends. And so really kind of what he felt the first two weeks was just terrible and that I was inhibited and I was just ruining his life and his his social connections and, and that kind of thing. And about the, I would say the third or fourth week into it, he came to me and he was like, mom, he said, I cannot believe how much 
more social activities I have without my phone. And so it brought up a really good conversation about the what what you are exactly both of you talking about, Vanessa and Martha, is that need for the interpersonal connection and our distractions of our electronics, not to say that they don't have their place in our world, but that if that becomes our only means to communicate, that we do start feeling that scarcity mindset. And by the sixth week, I finally felt like, okay, I'm going to give him his phone back. He kind of looked at it. And then he looked at me, he's like, I'm kind of scared. Like he said those words. And I was like, well, you know, what are you scared about? And he says, I'm afraid that I will lose what I have found. And so kid. It well, I mean, it was insightful for a while. We had to relearn the lesson again, <laughs> right? But but it, yes, it it was it was very insightful. Six weeks for all of us. He he played the piano more. He actually started. He's kind of a uh, he likes to tinker with things. And he was making things, so he was getting you know, not only connecting with other people more, but with himself, with his own talents and his own abilities, which boosted his confidence. Which is it then gave him the ability to share what he had with others. That's he made all his Christmas gifts that year because he had nothing else to do in his in his words, right? So thank you for bringing that up. It reminded me of that time, that little experiment we did in our family. What are some solutions that you have found to kind of, you know, foster the culture of abundance in your home or in your, in your life? Actually, let's go with your, with your life first, right? Cause it starts with ourselves and then reaches out to our homes and then to our communities. Okay. So something that's been really big for me this year, a solution that I have found has helped me. And I try to tell every woman I know about it. It's, I call it having a sense of self and in my religious tradition and my cultural tradition, women are the people that make everything happen, that that serve and give and give and give. And I was talking with a friend and she said she knows this single woman and she was saying how she was talking to a religious leader and she said, you know, I'm, I'm just not married. I don't have kids and I, I don't. And he just said, you know, well, if you're in that situation, then your purpose in life is to serve the people that are married and that do have kids. And I kind of went, <laughs> because that that is a prevalent mindset that if you're not, as a woman, if you're not married or having children, then what value, of what value to society are you? And I think that is super damaging because yes, I'm a wife and yes, I'm a mother, but I'm also a woman and I'm also an individual and I have a lot to offer and so I, I think that it's important to serve others and to not be selfish. And that's paramount. But the great saying from the, from the Bible, you know, love the Lord thy God, love thy neighbor as thyself. I think we forget the as thyself part. And we focus on, oh, love your neighbor. And as women, I think we feel selfish if we ever focus time on things that we like or if we even dare to have interests or something that isn't about our children or our community or our, our religious involvement. And I think that it's time to do better. And I love the song in the Barbie movie at the end by Billie Eilish. She talks about what was I made for? Was I made to be a mom? Was I made to have children? What, what was I made for? And I, I think that it's super important for a woman to feel abundance, true abundance in her life. I think it's really important for her to know that she, apart from 
what she does and who she's connected to has value and has something to offer the world aside from her service, but her something unique and important that she can develop and grow. And so I, I t- tell people, and I try myself to follow your sparks. What is something that you think about that you have an interest in that excites you? Maybe it's just knitting. I mean, it doesn't have to be something big and world-changing, but if you can spend a little bit of time every day, maybe it's only five minutes. I spent five minutes today on a meditation app and it they re- it read like three beautiful poems by Mary Oliver and that filled my cup and I I felt like this is good I can go forward and have enough to give to others because if we constantly give 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 the source will dry up there has to be a source that is filling us and if we can tap in to the love of God or the love of the universe and and fill ourselves by following the sparks those things that we're interested in then that that love and source will overflow and we'll have love automatically to give to our children and our husband and our communities and and but when we give and give and we let it dry out there's nothing left to give and then we feel all of this guilt that what's wrong with us why why can't i do what i'm supposed to be doing and yet there's no recharge of the battery. And so to me, to have an abundant life, you must develop a sense of self aside from your roles and who you're connected to and what you do. But who are you? Uh, just a sense of being. Find those things that you love and find a way. Talk to your spouse. Talk to whoever you need to to say, I need time, even if it I lock myself in the bathroom for 10 or 15 minutes to do something, to write a poem or just to write how I'm feeling or whatever it is. But I find that that is primo important to having a sense of abundance and sharing. So, so insightful. So, so insightful. I 100% agree with you. You know, you have, you can take two people in the same situation. We've talked about this actually today. I was talking about it with a different group of ladies and one we've all experienced this. We were in the same situation that I'm speaking of. And one came out, we all experienced the same thing. And one came out and did nothing but feel kind of some not nice feelings about, you know, they just feel like, yeah, that was great. But then there was this, and they just had like, a lot of complaints. And then there was another person was like, well, and just saw it from a completely different positive light. And I immediately thought the two women, I love both of them. I thought the one just hasn't figured it out for herself yet. There was nothing wrong with what she was saying. She was loving and she's a beautiful person, but I thought she hasn't figured out who she is yet. And so everything else external isn't adding to her abundance because she hasn't figured out her core yet. And so thank you for bringing that point up. Anyone else have anything to say about that? I do. I, both of you talked about being with other people and and Vanessa did as well, right? Getting off social media kind of forces us to, look at the people in front of us. And I think it's really important for women to gather other women around them to, to have conversations, to work together, to serve together, to cry together. Right. There's, I'm not going to make such a general statement to say all women are like this, but I think many, many women are, feel more 
abundance in their lives when they gather with other women. So about a year, I guess it was about, it's been a year and a half ago, we'd all gone through COVID and dealing with some real, a real sense of loneliness. I noticed this pattern with the women around me that they felt invisible and they felt lonely. And I kept thinking, what, what can I do to help that need? So it was just a simple thing. Once a month, I gather a group of women. I put the word out over email and we discuss, we discuss some beliefs that we have. It's not a big deal. There's no food involved, which takes the pressure off everybody. We spend about two hours and these women are, they, they thank me over and over again, which is kind of embarrassing because I'm not really doing anything. I just provided a safe space for other women to talk to each other. And they, I see them then going off and serving each other and being filled. And it's this wonderful cycle that I, that I love. I mean, big ocean, it's kind of big oceans waves, right? Does they, that's kind of something right. behind that. I think women underestimate the value of just being together and feeling abundance through that. It's very profound. Go ahead, Vanessa. Similarly, Angela, I've just thought so many of those same feelings and also being a woman who likes to organize and do things. I also have a group that I started, but my group is a different purpose. So I'm a homeschooling parent. And in America, when you homeschool as a mom, sometimes that really isolates you from your immediate community because most families attend public school here and are deeply enmeshed in a public school community. So you can feel kind of lonely and it can be hard. And it's something usually for most families, very new and very different than the culture around them. So I started a homeschool group, but unlike most homeschool groups that are to bring children together, my homeschool group is only to bring moms together. And so once a week we get together and we study educational philosophy together, which sounds very nerdy, but to be gathering together and learning something for ourselves to become better at something that we really want and feel deeply motivated to do is a really powerful thing. So we meet once a month and we discuss educational philosophy and then we just like support each other and encourage each other and chat about what we're doing. And then one other day a month we get together and we do what's called mother culture, which means we like this past week, we all got together and we went to a museum and had a tour of an exhibit at the museum. Or we go on a hike together up in the mountains without children. Or we have an artist come and teach us art, an art lesson for several hours, but something just for us to improve ourselves and our skills and then, like Martha said, we have more to bring back home to our families that we've strengthened we've strengthened and encouraged ourselves. We've given each other emotional and social support, but we've also learned things that we can bring home and bless our family and our community with once we leave. And that's been a really, really fun group to develop relationships and, again, fight that feeling of isolation and loneliness, but bring ourselves together and find abundance sharing and strengthening each other. I love that, Vanessa and Angela. You are so inspiring to me. And I recognize in that aspects of the divine feminine. Because what 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 else is femininity but this ability to gather and connect and nourish people? I mean, we manifest it in the fact that we make food and we physically nourish 
but also to nourish hearts and spirits um, is a very, very basic element of the of divine fe femininity. And, and I, I think that is so beautiful that you guys have done that and are doing that and, and seeing the results. I'm so inspired. I got to start a group. <laughs> That's so great. I was thinking the same thing. I thought this is wonderful. All of you have had such wonderful, amazing insights. One of the things that I wanted to share that about a few years ago, I, I was struggling with this mentality of abundance in myself with my, you know, my spirituality, not really my higher power, but my spirituality, like who I was in this universe, like what did it matter? I just felt like all the things we've been talking about kind of depleted. And so I did something very small. But it worked. So what what I chose to do was I'm not a very good, what do you call it, goalkeeper. Like I'd make all these New Year's goals like everyone else did. And I would fail like mostly 100% of the time by March or something. And then I would start the cycle all over again. So about, I think it was maybe five or six years ago, I said, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not, you know, I want to make a different type of goal. And so I would study a word that encompassed something I wanted to become more of. And for example, one of them was acceptance. One of the words that year, one was love. One was abundance. And for the whole year, whatever word I choose, that becomes my New Year's goal by the, by the end of the year is to encompass that word more. What I found was, is that my family members started questioning, well, why are you reading that? Or tell me what that word means to you now. And then it came into my community and I, I run a, a, a little group of homeschoolers. I also homeschool and we'd start talking about it and they would come up with their own words. And it just became this beautiful evolution, if you will, of spirits growing together. And so this idea of abundance has to come within. I love that you pointed out that it starts with yourself and then it extends to our families, whatever your family culture looks like. And then it extends to our communities and and in doing that, we do have power to change the world. So many people in the world think they don't have the power to make a difference. But if you start with yourself, you can. Ladies, do you have anything else to add on abundance? I was, I was just thinking how there's this beautiful this beautiful flow of abundance. So we, sometimes it's counterintuitive and we think that until we feel enough abundance in ourselves, then we can't go out and either help out, serve other people or encourage other people or anything. But in my life, most often, even when I feel like I am not enough, if I can if I can look outward, there, there just seems to be abundance that flows back and forth from the people that I am, I am associating with to my, and my community back to me. So it becomes this multiplying effect that increases everybody's um, abundance, if that makes sense. I was just thinking of my mom when we were kids if we were unhappy in some way, she would say, well, you need to serve someone else so you can serve me and do the dishes, which sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but it invariably changed our mindsets. It made us look outward and also affected who we, how we felt inside. 
One of the thoughts I've had during this conversation is we've talked a lot about things that you can add to your life to become a more abundant. But I think it's really important also to just have an open mind to whatever changes are going to be best for you and your family. I am a very enthusiastic person who likes to do a lot of things. I don't have Martha's problem. I have too many fun things I want to do all the time. And a few years ago, my life was very busy and I was involved in this really fun refugee resettlement project that I was enjoying so much. But it had turned out to be quite a bit bigger than I expected. So it was more like a part-time job. Plus I was homeschooling my kids, plus serving in my church and all those other things. And I loved doing this project so much. And I felt like it brought so much purpose and meaning to me personally. And I loved it. And after I'd been working about six months at this project, I was at home talking to my kids one day and I looked to my kids' faces and my daughter said something and it struck me. And I thought, I'm enjoying this project, but it's gotten to the point where I feel like it's actually harming my family and I'm not able to be where I need to be for my own family. So after struggling because it was a really important project that desperately needed people and it was helping in my community and it was so fulfilling to me, I felt a strong inspiration from God that it was probably time for me to quit. Even though I had some inspiration when I started, I was really disappointed and I was sad. But I realized if I wanted to have an abundant life and if I wanted to have balance and moderation in my life, this was something that was not working for me right now at this period. And so I quit that that volunteering job and I was a little bit sad. And right about the same time I quit, another friend contacted me and said, hey, I have this really fun opportunity. You can do it for just one hour a week and you can do it from home, tutoring English to civilians in Ukraine and it could be a really good fit for you. And a little door was open. So I could still do something that was really fulfilling for me doing this new volunteering project, but that better fit my physical and spiritual capacity and the needs of my family and my church commitments around me. And it really did bring me great joy and abundance in the end. So I think for me, being open to revelation that says something needs to change and following that did bring me greater abundance, even though it meant giving up something that I had, had really prized or enjoyed. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And it's, it is scary when you deviate from something that you felt so strongly about, right? And I love that you had the courage to act on revelation and that ended up being almost better in the end for you and for your family. And the culture of abundance is like that. It's something we foster within ourselves, but it never stays there. It always, it is, it is meant to radiate out to those around us. And then the idea for them to then radiate and the radiation to keep kind of going so that we, we become bright and, and help one another in a way that is pleasing to our higher power. Well, thank you. I think this has been a great conversation on the culture of abundance. I really appreciate all of your insights and your encouragement. Hopefully our listeners today will walk away with some tools and out of your stories on maybe how to help foster this inside themselves first. And maybe they'll feel empowered to step into a space of greater abundance and realize the, the benefit of living this way. I appreciate all of your time. Thank you for being here today. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post, 
Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities. <laughs>